Welcome to the Cover 3 Podcast. It's your weekly drop back into Whatcom County prep football on the Doug Lang Network at onthedln.com. Now let's hit the huddle with your hosts, Doug Lang, Jeff Bearden, and Tyler Anderson. Welcome to it. It is week number 10 in the prep football ranks. And we've got you all prepared, or we will, for the playoffs. That's right. It is episode 10 of the Cover 3 podcast right here on the Doug Lang Network. Yours truly, Doug Lang, with you along with Jeff Bearden and Tyler Anderson from WatcomPreps.com. So glad to have you listening along once again online at www.onthedln.com. Or if you have downloaded it courtesy of Apple iTunes or Stitcher Radio or TuneIn via the free app. Either way, we're happy to have you listening along. There's a lot of great matchups with, uh, what, Eight teams from Whatcom County playing in this district round of playoffs, all looking to punch their ticket to state in the different classifications. And uh, we're going to jump right into all of it here. We're going to eventually get to some uh, regular season awards as uh, Tyler uh, put those together for the midseason. Now the end of the regular season awards going out to the individual players. We'll check some stats here from all of the coaches as we get things underway. Let's begin with our opening kickoff. Time for the Cover 3 Podcast opening kickoff. Well, let's get things underway by looking back uh, before we can look ahead. And we'll take a look at some of the games that we saw and uh, called last week. And in week nine, I'll just start with the redemption games, if you will. And that was part of our double header that we had down south at Edmonds District Stadium. First one, Blaine, 28-10 over Mount Lake Terrace. A far cry from when they got shut out 40 to nothing. Same spot, same kickoff time, very different result. And it was nice to see Blaine get an opportunity to atone for themselves. Yeah, it was just three weeks prior. And, um, you know, we got there pretty early and, and Blaine was out on the field warming up. And um, I saw a few. I saw the bus for Mount Lake Terrace show up, and the players were getting on the bus, getting off the bus, and they didn't have to travel very far. No. And they look and said, "Wow, they're already here." Yeah. And so I think they kind of felt that, "Wow, this is they're they're really serious about this." And and I think that Blaine, you know, went into it with a completely different mindset, and it really worked out. They were a little ornery on the field. There's a few um, 15 yard penalties, yeah, shall we say? More than a few, yes. But they, but they. <laughs> They used that aggression, and they just kept pounding, and it was a great win for the border rights. Absolutely was, and they held the Mount Lake Terrace Hawks scoreless in that second half. So after the game, uh, Tyler asked Hudson Reed what the difference was this time around. His answer, rather short and sweet. Physicality. We were prepared mentally, and we just wanted it more. That's that. That's that. 
boom, we just wanted it more, and that's what they did. They punched their ticket to move on to districts with a nice victory over Mount Lake Terrace. In our second game, it was Ferndale matched up against Meadowdale, and this one was a walkover. Ferndale got on the board first. Uh, with uh, They scored in their opening drive. They scored on a fumble recovery on the first possession for Meadowdale. Uh, they were out in front and never looked back. 56-15 the final in this one. And in every aspect, it worked. Sequoia Julius's passing, the running game was there that, that is consistently there. The defense was outstanding. How about Jaden Brown, uh, the fumble recovery uh, that he takes into the end zone for the touchdown. Oh, yeah, and two interceptions in the ball game. He talked to us after the game about how the defense has improved all season, and it showed in this victory. I feel like our defense did really well. We uh, we held it together. We uh, we struggled in the past a little bit with our passing game, but we really pulled it together today. We uh, we worked on it a lot. They had a lot of different route combinations that we didn't know all of them to be honest. And uh, I, we we played it really well. We just cl- we just clicked. It yeah. was just we bonded as a team and got better. They certainly certainly did. Jeff, we've been talking about Ferndale much this season and that they got off to such a slow start and, 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 you know, they just couldn't put together four good quarters and then all of a sudden, tail end of the season, now make it three victories in a row. Uh, They're the team we thought they would be earlier in the season at the end of the season. Their reward for winning this is Eastside Catholic. More on that later, but it's nice to see Jamie Plankovich's group get a nice win like that. Yeah, it's really nice to see them get it all put together here the last few weeks and and i think all three of us saw it coming that you know they were slowly getting there and for some reason it just took them longer than normal this year to to get things going on the right page but right now you know like well like we said the last three weeks they've, they've played really well they certainly have other games last week from week number nine linden christian a winner over meridian 21 to 12 uh dawson logan does play in that ball game despite the wrist injury from the previous week's game uh and and I don't know if it was a cast or a sleeve or what he had going on there, but he played actually pretty well, especially on the defensive side of the ball. But Lyndon Christian, their defense is so tough, and, and and you were at that game, you saw them, and they just really made Meridian work that much harder for everything in that contest. It was a deserved victory for LC. Yeah, they, they had great defensive play from all levels, and uh, – Jalen Apol is a free safety who was just once they got ahead and Meridian had to pass. Right. He just he just could run over and and knock passes down. He was he had his he had a career game. The linebackers were great. The defense was putting pressure. Uh, the defensive line and uh, man, they just every week they just seem to get better and better and and they look and Jeff called it in the beginning of the season that they, look out for Lyndon Christian and he's he was definitely right yeah they're they're a team back to where uh, what we expected out of a Dan Kamick squad that came in and this team had been at the bottom and, and and they have slowly worked their way up until this season when they're primarily led by a very strong junior class and that group ha- has played very very well with the victory we're expecting okay the three-way tie for first place when's the coin flip what's going on well that all went out the window because nooksack valley i'll call it an upset to do it at deming and and uh, they knock off mount baker 1916 it's an upset of sorts in that if you talk to any of the other three coaches about the pioneers they'll say it each and every week we're worried they're a great team they've got great talent and they've been in most of their ball games they just 
couldn't get past the turnover bug. And in this one, they came up with a huge victory. Yeah, and they had a couple of big turnovers late. Uh, they had a fumble recovery with about two minutes to go. Ty Rawls intercepted a pass at the very end. You know, they were down 16-6 in the fourth quarter. Right. And, and they were able to put together some drives and and you know you're right the pioneers just have a ton of athletes and when everything's clicking they're really hard to stop by virtue of that victory it's the tie for the top spot and so it's co-champs of the northwest conference between meridian and linden christian they had already drawn numbers if there was a two-way tie if it was a three-way tie they would have had to flip a coin so uh, right after the victory for lc hooray they're cheering they're jumping up and down and then the meridian pa announcer says uh and uh based on a uh, previous situation or previous uh, drawing uh meridian will be the number one seed lc the number two seed probably takes a little of the, of the wind out of the sails just a bit um nonetheless great victory for uh, rob meyer and the nooksack valley pioneers they've been dying for one within league play all season long and then the final one to stand out from last week how about Seahome over Bellingham second week in a row they fall behind and yet come back to beat the Red Raiders this time 28-21 and we'll dive into this a little bit more later on but what a job Kevin Beeson has done with this group just his second year as head coach this is a team that two years ago didn't win a game went 0-10 the previous year 2-8 and Nice turnaround here for the Seahome Mariners and a good battle above and beyond city bragging rights. Yeah, it was a great game. You know, I was able to to check in on it on Friday night, and it was, uh, again, like you said, Seahome fell behind early. And, you know, they're not going to be able to do that from here on out because they're going to be in big trouble if they do. But back-to-back weeks against Bellingham, they fell behind 21-7, I believe it was, both times. And... They fought their way back into it with their running game, Kaepernick throwing the football. They've played really well lately. They've got the running game going, the passing game going, the defense is playing good. So hopefully they can continue that this week against Archbishop Murphy. That's what we looked back on from week number nine. Oh, there it is. Everybody's favorite irritating it-must-be-stats-time music. Tyler's got the numbers for you. Tyler, what do you got for us? Well, it's been really interesting with the leaders. When you look at passing, rushing, receiving, and kicking, it's kind of been the same guys on top all, all year. You know, Camrath with the kicking, uh, Spencer Lloyd rushing, Kaepernick, or, uh, Cam, uh, Kaepernick with the passing, and uh, Evan Knightling got his lead back for the receiving. But I was going to look at uh, Spencer Lloyd's career numbers, which are pretty interesting. If you look at quarterbacks that have rushed for over 2,000 yards in their career, in Whatcom County, there's only been six. Jake Locker, Casey Locker, Josh Kraft, Tanner Meyer, Kyler Randall, and now Spencer Lloyd. That is a great group to be associated yeah. with, by the way. That's yeah, I mean, it's a bunch like of all-state guys. Yeah, if, yeah. I, if I'm ever putting together my seven-on-seven seven flag football <laughs> oh, team, that, that's my group right there. Yeah, I'm the yeah. coach of the year right there. Exactly, and and he... And, you know, he's not just a gr- – I mean, he's a fantastic runner, but you can't look past the passing because um, he's thrown for tw- over 2,200 yards in his career as well. And he's only – and in 300 pass attempts, he's only thrown six interceptions. Wow. So that's 2%, which is the best per- interception – the lowest interception percentage in Whatcom County history. That's crazy. So if six. He, yeah, six interceptions. I usually throw two just showing up to broadcast a game. <laughs> just showing up immediately. There's and, and at least one of them's a pick six. Yeah. Every so, time. You're right. So, I mean, what you want out of your, out of your quarterback is to pick up first downs and, and don't turn the ball over. And that's what he's done the last couple of years. He's just uh, – 
they put the you know the the ball in his hands and and they know they got something good and so that's that was kind of my focus for the stats. Uh, Spencer Lloyd's had a great career. Absolutely outstanding. That's your look at the numbers here as we press on. It, it is a weird one here because normally we're looking ahead of the games, but, well, there's already been a game that's been played. Yeah, it's that ever-popular play-in game on a Tuesday, and Mount Baker won it. They won it rather lopsidedly versus Granite Falls on the road 61 to nothing. It was quite a mismatch, 54-0 lead at halftime, and obviously a running clock. Mountaineers coach Ron Lepper said he was happy to see his team bounce back after back-to-back -back losses. He said it was a game that saw a bunch of players stand out. Michael Kenner had a couple touchdown passes. I think Caleb threw three overall, one to Waylon Kenner also. Uh, Sam Barrett, Jason Lee ran really hard. Toby Jefferson got a couple scores. And then we had a couple of freshman running backs who uh, got a chance to play a little ball, and they, they did a nice job, uh, Jesse Sandy and uh, Gavin Beeson. And then defensively, we got rotated a lot of young guys in there, and, and uh, a lot of younger guys made some plays. Nice to, for them to kind of make short work of that one because they are on that Thursday, Tuesday, now Saturday schedule. Their reward, they get to go play Cedar Park Christian on Saturday down at Juanita High School. More on that later. But first, back to Tyler because it's time for you to hand out your regular season awards. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is not official, obviously, but uh, I came up with It's a official as far as the Cover 3 podcast okay. is concerned. All right, well. Yeah, we'll see about that. But um, and and last time when I did the midseason awards, I kind of threw out four or five names for each category. This right. time I have a distinct winner, but maybe more categories. There we go. So uh, freshman of the year, yes, uh, Ben Schlenbaker from Squalicum. He had a big game last week. Yeah, yeah. he's had he's, to have a big game. Yeah, and he, uh, you know, he's been coming on as a running back, but he's been great all year as a linebacker. Just a freshman. I mean. Playing a fall sport as a freshman is at a varsity level is amazing. Sophomore of the year, I'm going Jacob Kaepernick as Seaholm. You know, he's leading the county in passing. He's yep. been great all year. Uh, junior of the year, going Garen Hatchet. It's kind of hard to miss him and sure. hard to believe he's just a junior. You want to tell him he's not? Yeah, no. Yeah. And I'd have to run the other way. I know. I'm still scared to interview him, but one of these days. <laughs> uh, kick returner of the year, Jacob Rossell has really turned it on recently and is a force with the ball in his hands. When you return from injury and the first play in, in a in a game, you take it to the house, yeah, you, you you're set back. the tone. Yeah. You're, you're winning the award on the Cover 3 podcast. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Uh, special teamer of the year, um, I like Bryce Camreth as a kicker and a punter, so uh, doing both things was was huge for him. Uh, defensive back of the year, Jay Travier of Seaholm has just been Whew. unbelievable. Seven yep. interceptions on the year. And he make, and he's not just a ball hawk. He makes a lot of hard hits up at the line of scrimmage. Kind of an Earl Thomas when I watch him. He's just all over the field. Right. Isn't there, there's, and I haven't had a chance to go through it. Isn't there a great article about him uh, in the Linden Tribune yeah. because of his exploits here so far? Yeah, his, and, and, I highly recommend checking it yeah, out. Yeah, definitely. Eric Trent wrote a great story about it. And uh, linebacker of the year, Man, there's so many good linebackers, but I, I went with Colin McEachern of Squalicum. He's just, he seems like he plays at a different pace than everybody else, a different speed. Yep. And uh, him and Schlembaker together, they're both going to be back next year. Uh, defensive lineman of the year, Darius Washington at Ferndale. We saw him Ooh. make some plays up the yep. middle. He's, he's just, he's unblockable. When he hits you, you know you've been hit. Oh, man, it's crazy. Uh, offensive lineman of the year, I'm going back to Gear and Hatchet. He's just, He's just unstoppable. When he when when he pulls, defensive backs have to make a business decision. Uh, receiver of the year, Evan Knightling. They, he can get the ball in so many ways: as fly sweeps, deep passes, crossing patterns, smoke patterns, everything. 
Uh, running back of the year, I went Dylan Roberts. He seems to you know be that workhorse, and he's coming on strong. Right. Uh, quarterback of the year, I went Trajan Scouten. Uh, without him, wow. Without him or with him, I should say they ne- they never lost. True. And so yep. and and he's just there were so many great quarterbacks, but um, man, he just really really impresses and he wins games. The youngster stepping in. Yeah. Um, and then the big then the big five I had from the from the earlier was the offensive player of the year overall. I went Dawson Logan. I thought he. He had some huge games against yep. against a great Linden Christian defense. That's yeah. when he won that award. And it's hard to step into the yeah. position that he had to step into, uh, replace a, an all-world QB, right. and and do what he has done in a different way. Right. It's been very impressive. Yeah, he's been he's been fantastic, and and playing last week just despite that injury yep. shows the toughness. Um, defensive Player of the Year. Uh, I went Hudson Reed because that Blaine defense has not been known to be the big thing for blank, you know, the last few years and the, their, their defense has been great all year. And he's the guy that makes it was it the go. pick six, wasn't it? Well, it was the pick that, six that put him over that the was, top. That was the little exclamation point at the end. I believe, <laughs> uh, the lineman overall lineman of the year, Jacob Kettles. I'm sticking with him. He's yep. just, he's just dominant on both sides of the ball. Um, all, and same with coach of the year. I'm staying, sticking with Dan Kamink. I think what he did, Kevin Beeson was close. But uh, I'm Blake sticking. might be uh, knocking on your oh, door. Well, eight no, eight no. Yeah, eight, I no. know. Hey, Blake. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> I mean, you're a nice guy and everything, but man, I really surprised me what Dan did, and I and I, you know, I think that, I mean, maybe not surprised, but I think the way he did it and how quickly he got his kids to believe and the MVP. I'm going Spencer Lloyd on that one. Yeah. Well, you just threw out some numbers there that would be really hard to argue with yeah. as far as Spencer Lloyd being the MVP. But there you have it. That's the look at. Tyler's, and let's be very clear, Tyler's Awards. He's the guy looking at every moment of every play and all the game film, so uh, he's the guy to come up with them. But uh, we'll endorse it with the Cover 3 podcast for your regular season awards. Well, there you have it. That's the opening kickoff. Boy, we've got a lot more to come here. If I can ever get the music to play. Hey, there it is. Most of the Whatcom County teams in action in week number 10 will preview the games coming up next right here on the Cover 3 podcast on the Doug Lang Network. The prep football season is underway and we've got you covered on the Doug Lang Network. Listen to our game of the week as we follow the gridiron action in Whatcom County. It's Seahome at Archbishop Murphy, Friday, November 2nd, beginning at 6.45 p.m. Listen live online at www.onthedln.com. Welcome back to it. It is the Cover 3 Podcast, Episode 10, right here on the Doug Lang Network. We're online. You can check us out, www.onthedln.com. We're also available to you on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or you can download the free app and get us on TuneIn. Thank you so much for listening along. Doug Lang, along with Jeff Bearden and Tyler Anderson from WatcomPreps.com. There is plenty of action going on here in week number 10, Eight teams in all in action this week, seven involved in playoff games. Let's jump into all of it. Bellingham, done for the year. 
The Red Raiders fell 28-21 to Seaholm last week. Coach Ted Flint's group finishes the year with a winning mark of 5-4. and four. Lummy Nation, they've got a bye week. The 5-3 and three Blackhawks will host the winner of Saturday's Mary Knight versus Crescent game. That's in the 1B Quad Districts coming up next week. Once again, that will be Lummy playing host to that game. And Nooksack Valley, well, they'll wrap up their season with a Week 10 matchup versus Stanwood. The Pioneers played spoiler last week, as we mentioned, with their 1916 road win over Mount Baker on Thursday. But there almost wasn't a Week 10 game for Nooksack Valley with not one but two teams opting out of scheduled matchups. I talked to Pioneers coach Rob Meyer on Wednesday. He told me the on-again, off-again nature of the schedule has made this week just a little bit chaotic. A game like this is interesting. You feel behind. But you also know that it's a chance for your kids to go out on a good note, uh, get to play play a game that they were expecting to play, maybe not against the opponent they were expecting, but uh, they they wanted 10 games. They signed up for 10 games plus, and uh, you feel bad for them when that doesn't happen or isn't going to happen. Late last night, the team we were going to play uh, decided to pull out, and luckily, Dan was in the exact same boat, and we ended up with a game with them, and so... Uh, today will be an interesting practice as we try to line up against something that we don't know what it is. Yeah, good luck trying to figure that one out. It, 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 they get the 10 games. Uh, I, I never know what to think about these type of games as to what, where the motivation will be and whatnot, but nonetheless, it will be Nooksack Valley squaring off against Stanwood uh, at home for the Pioneers. A Pioneers win over Stanwood would even Nooksack Valley's record to 5-5 five and five on the year. On to playoff action. Number eight, Meridian. Six and three, four and two in conference play will take on a South Whidbey squad that's six and three overall. They went two and four in the North Sound Conference. That one's Friday, the early affair, four o'clock at Civic Stadium. Trojans opening up that double header. And Meridian coming off of that 21-12 loss to Linden Christian last Thursday. They share the 1A Northwest Conference Championship with the Lynx, but a predetermined number draw gave the Trojans the number one seed for districts. That big question, though, will be the health of Meridian quarterback Dawson Logan. He was impressive despite having to play with a cast on his non-throwing hand after injuring his wrist in their loss to Mount Baker. Or mark that, their victory over Mount Baker in Deming. They need, they need him out there. I mean, he's going to play. It's just how hindered he will be. And maybe some of that is not even the focus as much on, certainly it is offensive, but defensive. We saw that without him in that secondary. That's a big loss as well. Yeah, he plays that free safety spot, and he's such a great athlete that can cover so much ground. And, and uh, once he was out against Mount Baker, they were able to throw some deep balls that were called back for other reasons, but they completed some 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 deep passes, and they were starting to struggle a little bit in the defensive backfield. And and uh, Dawson Logan did intercept a pass last week with them yep. and returned it 30 yards. He was returning punts. He was running the ball. He's throwing. So he he's playing like like he can play. Yeah. Um. And maybe you know if they can get out to a decent lead, maybe they can rest him a little bit in the second half, or he can, you know, I mean, I would imagine handing off with the left hand might be a little difficult, but um, he's a gamer, and uh, they're gonna. They're going to use what they can out of him, but he's such a great athlete. Two of the three South Whidbey losses have come versus playoff teams. That includes Kings last week. Meridian coach Bob Ames says he's impressed with the size of the Falcons. Oh, gosh. They, uh, they've had a couple kids hurt that, that I know are back for our game. 
they're really big. They're, they're one of the biggest class A teams we've ever played. You know, they're like 309, 190, 240, 240, 220-something in a big 6'5", 215-pound tight end. <clears throat> and the running backs are, you know, in the 190. So they're just going to try try and slug it at us and use their, the feet of their quarterback to, to roll and boot and try to break, break contain. Well, if you just look at it based on the rosters, the Trojans have no shot at all because everybody's about 140 pounds. I, I didn't realize they were playing the University of Washington. <laughs> you look at the numbers, and I quickly <laughs> looked them up. There are a lot of big boys on that uh, South Whidbey team, but uh, I never know what to believe when I'm looking at rosters uh, when we're dealing with uh, the Trojans. Uh, it marks the return of the playoffs for South Whidbey uh, since 2013 when they lost to Lyndon Christian 7 nothing. Move it on. Blaine, 5-4, and 2-3 and three in Northwest Conference play. They'll take on number two, Linden, who's undefeated on the year, 8-0, 4-0 and in the Sky Division of the Northwest Conference. Friday, the nightcap, 7 o'clock at Civic Stadium. Uh, in the only playoff game matching the two Whatcom County squads, the Borderites are looking to ride the momentum of a three-game winning streak when they battle the Lions who are coming off of a bye week and haven't played a league foe since October 19th. And so, Jeff, if you think about it, momentum is with the Borderites. Uh, you know, Linden, you, you got to wonder what kind of start they will get off to because it's, it's been a couple of weeks since they've had a, either a game or a competitive game. Uh, there's going to be some rust on Linden. I, I guarantee that first quarter they're they're going to have a few mental mistakes and stuff. You just can't take two weeks off. And I'm sure that the league's going to change this up next year because I'm sure people are going to complain about having to sit for this long and not play. Right. But Blaine, they need to take advantage of that first quarter yep. because they need to catch Linden well. They're still trying to get their feet underneath them. That's Blaine's best shot right there. Blaine's 28-10 victory over Mount Lake Terrace on Friday completed a big turnaround for the Borderites who suffered through a four-game losing streak during the season. Blaine coach Jay Dodd knows they have a big task in front of them versus undefeated Linden. They're obviously a, a, a big team and, and uh, they're well coached and, and uh, you know they do they do a lot of things well. They, they, they throw it well. They run it well. They, they play good defense. They've got a heck of a kicker too, by the way. Uh, to, uh, people got to watch out for, but uh, so they do everything well. Uh, obviously, they're they're well coached, uh, got a lot of good athletes, and, and just to go overall good program. So uh, to say there's one particular thing is hard because there's so many, um, and they're just they're just a good team. They're getting healthy. I mean, they had a a bye last week, and and, and so they're probably chomping at the bit to to get back in there and play a game. And, and the week before that, they played a non-league game, so they're probably pretty excited to to get out there and play for something that means a lot. Linden made the most of their bye week getting healthy. They have had Jacob Kettles back for the last two games. Now they get back big Cooper Brown, who hasn't played since week number two. You had Kettles as your top lineman. Uh, Cooper Brown now right next to him. Boy, oh, boy, that's that's a nice gift to get before you start the playoffs. Yeah, I can't imagine. I mean, you know, Kettles at left tackle, Cooper Brown at left guard. Cooper Brown is so physical and so strong. And... Uh, and you know, and we and we called a game where neither of them got to play against Bur right. against yep. Burlington, and so um, and they you know they found a way to win that one too. But man, those two guys together, 
Oh, Eric Martin Mann is going to be loving to run on the left side. Lions coach Blake Van Dalen says they're taking on a team in Blaine that has found their identity. They are a run-first program where they love to establish the run because it sets up the play action and bootlegs. Uh, but they're also a quick pass program where uh, they want to get the ball out of the quarterback's hands and get it in their playmaker's hands. Uh, Asher uh, has been playing receiver there, it seems like, forever. And uh, so um, we probably, you know, from that perspective, want to start with taking away the run. And then if we can do that, then focus on the pass and try and put together a complete game for sure. Last time these two teams met last year, Linden won it over Blaine 35-12. to Moving on, traveling game. Number seven, Linden Christian at Kings. LC 7-2, 4-2 in conference play. They'll take on a Kings squad that's upside down 4-5 overall. 4-1 in the North Sound, 7 o'clock on Friday. Despite the better record, the Lynx will head to the Shoreline area to battle the Knights. If you've ever been down there, it's uh, it's quite a little bowl that you go down in there to see it. I have not been there in a couple of years, but uh, one of the coldest games I have ever called, uh, Nooksack Valley Kings, that lasted, uh, seemed to be, I don't know, three days, yeah. and uh, I was an ice cube by the time it was all said and done, but the good guys won. All right, Elsie, uh, coming off of a 21-12 victory over Meridian. They claim that won a uh, Northwest Conference co-championship. How about LC? Best scoring defense in Whatcom County, giving up just 12.1 points per game. Jeff called it early. He liked what he saw, liked the defense. Uh, after a slow start, Kings has won their last two games and four of their past five contests overall. Lennon Christian coach Dan Kamick says they're getting a far different team than the one that started the season a couple of months ago. I watched them earlier in the year. Now I've watched them week eight and week nine, and there's really no comparison to how they're playing now. Um, they're four out of their last five quite large victories with their one loss coming to the number one team, uh, Cedar Park Christian, by two touchdowns. Um, they've put 82 on the board the last two weeks. They're a little bit like Nooksack in as much as you have a single back and a quarterback and then four spread and all those guys that are receiving all can catch the ball and do something with it. Quarterback's elusive, so it's, you know, our league has really prepared us for that with the running quarterbacks. So we're looking at it as, you know, have to be a great defensive performance again. And I really think, Doug, if offensively we can dominate line, line play both offense and defense, partic- particularly offense. If we can run the ball, um, I think that'll really help us a lot and keep their offense off the field. He he mentioned it right in there. Our league has really prepared us for their quarterback and for this team. That That's the storyline for the 1As. They're as prepared as any teams coming out of any conference in the state, and, and I think a mismatch for anybody they're seeing in this district round. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's – man, last year there was three teams that made it to the round of 16 – I mean, I'm predicting there's going to be three again. They're just so strong and so well coached all the way around. And, right. and, and like you said, they're prepared for it. And uh, and it's, it's funny that he mentioned that, too. I was thinking the exact same thing. I was like, well, if there's a running quarterback, he's seen that the last six weeks, you know. How about from a common opponent perspective? Nooksack Valley beat Kings 47-7 back on September 14th. Lennon Christian swept the Pioneers during the regular season 38-19 and 41 zip move it on ferndale four and five three and three in westco 3a north play at number one east side catholic they're seven and oh five and one uh mark that 
They're 7-1, 5-0 in the Metro. Uh, Golden Eagles will face a very tall and big task when they visit the top-ranked Crusaders. Ferndale has won three straight after thumping Meadowdale 56-15 on the road last week, but they haven't played anyone like Eastside Catholic. They're averaging just under 42 points per outing. Max Preps ranks the Crusaders number one in the state, 145th in the country. Their only loss is to an undefeated Oaks Christian team in California that Max Preps has ranked number 19 in the nation. This is shock the world time here, Jeff. This is, uh, you got to pull out all the stops. Yeah, they, they Ferndale's got to open up the playbook and pull out plays they haven't ran all season. You know, stuff that, that Eastside Catholic's not going to find on video and you know, we talk about Garen Hatchett and how good he is for Ferndale. Eastside Catholic's got four or five guys that are like Garen Hatchett, and, it, and it's unfortunate that, you know, this is the game Ferndale's going to get for right out of the shoot to play in the playoffs, but, you know, you got to beat everybody to get there somewhere. Like That's you right. said, they got to shock the world, and, you know, they're going to have to try and find a way to slow that offense down. You can't have a magical moment unless you're a huge underdog, so it's all setting up for magic, if you will. Just how big is Eastside Catholic, you ask? Well, Ferndale coach Jamie Plankovich broke it all down for us. Well, we were kind of looking at their offensive line, and we saw um, what looks like on tape. Uh, uh, their right tackle, I think it is, his right or left tackle is uh, looks kind of skinny and not like the rest of their guys. And then we looked up their sizes, and he was 6'4", 265. So their small guy is, uh, and he stood out as being small on tape, so they've got tremendous size up front on both sides of the ball um they're they're very athletic so uh there's a reason they're ranked number one yes indeed the crusaders made it to the second round of the state playoffs last year in the semifinals in 2016 oh by the way they won the 3a state championship back in 2015 beating bellevue 48 to 44 your final game on friday mount baker Mark that. I'm sorry, that was your final game. On Saturday, Mount Baker versus Cedar Park Christian, an afternoon affair Saturday at Juanita High School. Baker 6-4, and 3-3 three and three in conference play. Cedar Park Christian, they're 7-1, undefeated 5-0 and oh in the North Sound. It's a short week for the Mountaineers. Following that 61-0 dismantling of Granite Falls on Tuesday in the district play-in game, Mount Baker able to play a lot of number twos and youngsters in the running clock victory to help them out as they wrap up a Thursday, Tuesday, Saturday game stretch. Now they'll take on an Eagles team that has won six straight, their lone loss, 27-23 to Blaine, back on September 7th. Mount Baker coach Ron Lepper says it won't be an easy matchup going up against a team on a roll like Cedar Park Christian. Well, I know they got a really good coach. You know, won a lot of championships at Bellevue and Gontroff, and you know they um, primarily a wing team, team kind of like us. Uh, I think they do some uh, some other stuff also. From what I've seen, a little bit of film that I have seen on them, uh, we'll exchange the film hopefully here tomorrow, and and uh, we got to go down and travel down Saturday two o'clock at Juanita High School, so we're on the road again and. And uh, we got to be ready to go because you know they're league champions and they've uh, I think they've won six in a row and so we're gonna have our hands full. Should be an interesting game. And once again, I'll get back to the differences between the conference. I'll mention common opponent here in just a moment, but 
it's deceptive to me when I look at that record and I see the competition. I just don't see it matching up to the same as what the one A's are playing week in, week out. Yeah, and it's and it's it's a it seems to I think this will work out really well in Baker's favor because playing against a wing T, I mean that's what they see in yeah. practice all the time. Yep. They're so used to because when you haven't seen a wing T team in a long time or all year, it can really screw with your mind as a as a defensive defensive player where you're supposed to cover a certain area, or you're supposed to have a certain gap or and uh, and I think it's just going to go really well for Mount Baker. You know that that they lost a few in a row, but this that last win I think just kind of gave them okay, we can play, we can play, we're we can do this. And so you're right. I mean, it's it's a different. They're two completely different leagues, and uh, we'll see this weekend how it goes. Yeah, who knows what will happen? But it's got, it's a weird feeling when you wrap up the regular season. You're like, okay, now we can play somebody that's not as tough. And I'm not saying that they're not. I'm just saying that. You play the Meridians, Nooksack Valleys, Linden Christians, Mount Baker, depending on which team you're talking about, six weeks in a row, you're as beat up as you can possibly be. And I, I think that Coach Lepper mentioned it to me that it was kind of nice to go play somebody else in Granite Falls, and, they, and it absolutely showed by them rolling over the top of them. Common opponent, maybe this will carry some water here. Mount Baker over Granite Falls, 61 to nothing on Tuesday back on September 28th. Cedar Park Christian, 20-8 to eight over Granite Falls. You be the judge. There's two more games involving Whatcom County teams. That's right. They just happen to be our games of the week. We'll break them down. It's the matchups for Seaholm and Squalicum next, right here on the Cover 3 Podcast. The prep football season is underway, and we've got you covered on the Doug Lang Network. Listen to our game of the week as we follow the gridiron action in Whatcom County. Check back with www.onthedln.com for our Week 11 broadcast schedule. Listen live online at www.onthedln.com. Welcome back to it. You're listening to the Doug Lang Network. It is the Cover 3 podcast. So glad to have you listening along. Doug, Jeff, and Tyler with you. Episode 10. Our podcasts drop each and every Thursday at 8 o'clock throughout the football season as we are into our playoff edition. And two more games to take a look at here for week number 10. They just happen to be our games. That's right, games of the week. One on Friday, one on Saturday. Let's break them down. The Doug Lang Network Game of the Week. It's Seahome at Archbishop Murphy Friday. Coverage begins at 6.45 p.m. at www.onthedln.com. Breakdown. That's right. It is Seahome with a 6-3 and three overall mark. They'll take on number 9, Archbishop Murphy, on the road at the home of the Wildcats, Terriana Stadium. They're 4-2 and two overall, 3-1 and one in that Sky Division. And how about the turnaround? That I mean, that's yeah. the storyline here for Seahome is the turnaround. They beat Bellingham for the second week in a row. They fell behind the Red Raiders, came back to win 28-21. That kind of completes that big turnaround. Seahome won a share of the Northwest Conference Lake Division Championship then punch their ticket onto the playoffs 
and they're nothing like the team that went 2 and 8 in 2015 and 0 and 10 in 2016 and you forget that coach Beeson is just in his second year. Yeah, last year they you know they played that modified schedule and and I I get the feeling that Beeson didn't like it. He was no, like let's no, he wanted to play a, a, a traditional yeah, schedule. Yeah. Yeah, and and they were I mean the first game that was against Mount Lake Terrace, I think they lost by one. There were some really close games, but they lost their first six, but then they finished with four wins. And you could just see and then you looked at you looked at their roster last year and said, "Oh, they only have like four seniors." So I I think Kevin Beeson and 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 uh coach Chalfont and coach Terpstra and all those guys they they kind of said, oh, we maybe we, we might have something brewing here. They had a great off season, and there's so many great athletes, and it's such a cool turnaround. I love when teams just come out of it, and they have that. It's all about buying in and playing for your teammates, and playing for your coach, and playing for your community. And it's not it's no more me me me. It's we we we. And it's sorry about the French there. Wow, but, nice. Uh, <laughs> but you know it's. They've done that, and that's what good teams do. The podcast is going international. That's, that's right. right. We're picking up tons of listeners in uh, in in Paris right now. Paris. There you go. Uh, in just his second year, see home coach Kevin Beeson very pleased his players have been able to experience this run. Well, it feels great for the kids. It feels great for our school community and as a, as a whole. I mean, just to, to have a chance to, to witness the excitement of the student body and our, and our staff and everybody on campus and in the community. It's just it's, a, it's been such a, a gratifying experience because uh, these kids and this staff has put a lot of hard work and a lot of hours into getting where they are right now. They battle a lot, both things that they have to on the football field and also off the field in terms of perceptional issues and other things. So, and I, they're a very resilient group, and uh, I just, uh, I'm, I'm just, I'm just gratified to be a, a part, a small part of uh, this right now, and uh, uh, we're a great bunch of kids and staff. Now. It's a whole nother deal here in the playoffs. Archbishop Murphy finished second in the Sky Division in their first year in the Northwest Conference. Their two losses to the top two teams in the 2A, Hawkinson and Linden. In a year that saw the Wildcats with two buys and a canceled game, they have won their last three games but haven't had any continuity of when they're playing, when they're not playing. But let's not forget that this Archbishop Murphy team was the team Nobody would play because they were that loaded, because they were a perennial powerhouse. Uh, and and now I, I talked to to uh, Coach Jerry Jensen, and he said, you know what? It's been a tough year in the Northwest Conference. They've had much tougher games, just regular season games, than they've had in quite some time. Yeah, you know, you know, a few years ago when they were playing in the old Cascade League, I think is what it was, and. They were playing all these single-A teams and, and small double-A If they were teams. showing up. If they, yeah. and, and that was the problem. These teams, the single-A teams, they didn't want to play the you know Archbishop Murphy because Archbishop Murphy had four or five guys that were D1 athletes that, that hit like freight trains. And so they were afraid. They were Their parents were scared. Their kids were going to get hurt or killed on the field. <laughs> Just, so they didn't play games. And now that they're in the Northwest Conference, they're getting a better chance of playing games on a more consistent basis. And, you know, they've got a great program, and they're one of the best in the state and have been for a few years now. Coach Beeson says they're going up against an awfully big squad. Well, they uh, certainly passed the rep test and they get off the bus, Doug. <laughs> they, got some, uh, they got some size and athleticism and speed, and uh, they, got, they got some, you know, they got a defense. You got to uh, just... Straight, straight out, be the best defense we've faced all year. Their front four are uh, big and physical, 
and uh, they get after it, and uh, they pursue well the ball. They have some uh, they have some talent back in the secondary. They like to, uh, you know, challenge you athletically in that area. Uh, they have some uh, an offensive side of the ball, uh, just a huge offensive line that uh, wants to lean on you and uh, make it uh, make you accountable for uh, nine gaps up there on the offensive line. So, you know, it's uh, we're gonna have a handful of big, tall quarterback who can really uh, got a big, you know, big cannon for an arm. He's six three kids. So, I mean. Uh, you know, it's going to present challenges in every phase of the game. But uh, you know, I, I, I respect this program immensely and uh, the players they put in the field. But uh, we got a chance to compete. We're going to compete. It's the first trip to the playoffs for Seahome since 2013. Archbishop Murphy lost in the 2A semifinals last year, won the state title back in 2016. That's our first game of the week. That is Friday, 7 o'clock down in Everett. We'll take to the air at 6.45 p.m. with a 7 o'clock kickoff. All of it online at www.onthedln.com. But we're not done there. That's right. Time for another breakdown. The Doug Lang Network Game of the Week. It's Qualicum versus Central Kitsap at Civic Stadium. Saturday, coverage at 6.45 p.m. at www.onthedln.com. Breakdown. It is indeed Squalicum, 7-2 overall, 5-1 in the Wesco 3A North, taking on a Central Kitsap squad that's 6-3, 4-3 out of the South Sound. Civic Stadium, 7 o'clock Saturday night. Storm wrapping up the action for the Whatcom County teams. They'll look to shake off that tough 30-27 road loss to number 8 Snohomish last week in a matchup of the top teams out of the Wesco North and South, respectively. How about the Storm? They had that halftime lead at 28-10. But, or mark that, not 2810, because I just clearly wrote that wrong. Can't remember. Uh, they had, I, was it 21? 2110? 20, yeah, 2110. 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, sorry. Uh, but a combination of injuries as they lost a Powell at running back uh, earlier in that game. And some miscues cost them in the second half. But Coach Nick Lucy says they were right there in the final minute, was still a chance to win. It was a game against two good teams, and. Uh, we went back and forth. We had momentum for quite a big bit of the game, and they were able to seize up on it. Um, I thought we didn't we didn't take advantage of some opportunities in the second half, uh, and that's just you know playing against a good team. You need to be able to do that to be able to shut the door. But you know credit to them and their staff. They did a really good job. They got those two running backs are uh, boy they are a handful and they play hard and they both play defense. And uh, our guys battled, and uh, you know it's, I think something that's going to make us hopefully better this week. Coach actually mentioned that their loss earlier in the season against Marysville Pilchuck, he, he thought that that one was kind of a motivator for, for them to go on that five-game winning streak, and hopefully that will spur them on here in a tough loss to Snohomish. What impresses me is the depth that they have. I mentioned that Powell was out. They go to the third string running back, and, and you know they're right there still in this ball game. Uh, word is, expect Powell to be back, and that's huge for Squalicum. Yeah, that is huge. Like you mentioned, he came on at running back a few weeks ago and had some huge games. He's also a great defensive back. Yep. You know He's intercepted a few passes. He returned one for touchdown. He's a great kick returner. He returned a kickoff for a touchdown a few weeks ago. He's a guy that does a lot of different things. And, uh, you know, at that 3A level, if you, you know, usually you have a lot of guys that are just kind of doing one thing because you right. have so many kids on the roster. But when you have a kid, even at that level, that can do they play in all three phases really well, that's huge. 
Central Kitsap coming off of a 40-14 loss to Gig Harbor last week. The Cougars have not been able to string together back-to-back victories since winning their first three games back in August and September. Back to Coach Lucy. Doesn't sound too concerned about the records, more about the Cougars' team speed. Yeah, I'd have to say the first thing uh, that jumps off the uh, screen is they are fast. They have a tailback and a quarterback that can take it to the house on any given play. And, uh, you know, they, they want to run the ball. Uh, they run the ball about probably 80% of the time. And they'll throw the ball in there still, but, uh, boy, their tailback is good. He can scoot. And then the quarterback um, is scary in that they they almost don't feature him probably the way that we feature Spencer. But, boy, he'll keep the ball. And uh, you, you better be in the right spot or you need to be running for a long time. So, you know, they're physical up front on both sides of the ball. They're scrappy, and they play good defense. One other aspect for Squalicum, and this has happened in the last handful of years, they bring out the fans really well at Civic Stadium because if you don't have the fans at Civic, it feels like a cavern air, and, and and kind of all the all the momentum is sucked out. That's not the case. Squalicum, I was going to say, travels well. They travel across town to Civic. That, that can play a big role in this. Yeah, no, they're, they do bring fans out which is really good you know i was going to mention earlier with sea home even a couple you know year or two ago no one was coming to their right, games right and this last friday they had the place was packed yep. with with mariner fans and red raider well, fans it's, and it's it been great a huge difference to see the fans flocking to civic stadium it's been a yes. while and i think that could play a big role in this matchup coming up on saturday night the last time central kits central kits have that is made the postseason 2015 they were dispatched quickly by ballard in the district playoffs after a year away on the outside looking in squalicum returns to the postseason they fell in the first round of the state playoffs back in 2016. Those are our games of the week. That second game, Saturday night, 7 o'clock, kickoff 645 with the pregame from Civic Stadium. It is Squalicum taking on Central Kitsap on the Doug Lang Network. <sighs> well, <clears throat> we're not done yet. I know you thought we were all over our all over it's not going to be the case we'll wrap it all up with three questions and our picks for the dogs cougs and hawks coming up next right here on the cover three podcast thanks so much for listening along right here on the doug lang network Hi, I'm Doug Lang. Thanks so much for taking the time to listen to the Doug Lang Network. We're happy to present this audio stream and hope you enjoy it. If you're looking for great local sports content like scores, news stories, photos, interviews, blogs, videos, and more, then check us out online at www.onthedln.com. It's the online home of the Doug Lang Network, complete with social media links to Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Local voice, local teams, local roots. The Doug Lang Network, online at onthedln.com. Ah, yes, it is a time to get to know your Cover 3 broadcast crew that much better. That's right, it is three questions as we put a wrap on things here in Episode 10 of the Cover 3 podcast on the Doug Lang Network. Doug, Jeff, and Tyler with you. I've got the questions, and most importantly, there's rewards this week. Now, we talked about the favorite uh candy that you like and we all agreed Reese's was the best so there's there's varying degrees of you know if, if your answers are good 
There's the small Reese's little pumpkin that I have here. Then there's the big boy Reese's. And then there's an Almond Joy, oh. which I know Jeff can't stand, so let's hope Jeff does well. There we go. I will be the uh, totally arbitrary uh, judge and jury in this one. All right, here we go. <clears throat> Number one, what was your best or worst job as a teenager? Uh-oh, uh-oh. Now we find out if you actually did any work as a teenager. Tyler, you're up. Best or worst or best, best and worst? Best or worst. Oh, by far the best playing music professionally. Playing music. Yeah. You get you were getting paid. Yeah. Big money, small money. Yeah, big big money, you know. Big money. Could be 100 couple hundred a night. Wow. Um just depending on As uh, a drummer or any other instance. Uh, drummer. Yep. Okay. Yep. All right. Had to carry in your own your oh, own yeah. kit, oh, the yeah. whole deal. That's okay. the whole working part of it. Okay, right. Um, uh, I had to stay on stage. Can't get off stage too young. Sure. Uh, oh, that's right. So, uh, uh, people and you can't p- pick up any ladies there. Well, I mean. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like you might have a story there, sir. <laughs> well, you know, plus I was 16. I looked like I was 12. So sure. it didn't really sure. help either. We yeah. knew you were, you would, well, if you could have at that point, you would have had a shot because there was a bass player in your band and bass players never Ever, right. ever. The hierarchy is yeah. somewhere below, like, uh, sycophant fan, uh, stage manager, you name it. it we're, we're at the very, very bottom right. bass players. Uh, Jeff, best or worst? Uh, best job's got to be uh, working for the Bellingham Mariners. Ooh, uh, nice. Started eighth grade, I guess it was. There you go. And uh, start out running the scoreboard. Uh-huh. And Worked his way up to be in Dinger. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, it actually did lead to a job with the Seattle Mariners when I graduated high school. So very nice. It actually uh, it was a very good job. A lot wow. of good memories. Wow. Well, I got to say, your best jobs are way better than mine. Like, band. I mean, I was in bands. We didn't get paid anything. We had to pay money, actually, to play. Um and uh, it, it never worked for you know a major league baseball team. That's pretty cool. Well, it was uh, the Mariners. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know if yeah. it really counts. Yeah, so true. Uh, as a teenager, I worked in grocery stores primarily, uh, working my way up from uh, courtesy clerk. I was going to say box boy, but we had an official title: courtesy clerk that came with a vest and a bow tie. So you can imagine just the hazing that I took there. You work your way up, you get a longer apron and a full tie, uh, and then you become a helper clerk. And eventually, I worked my way up to dairy manager. So I was in charge of, you know, cottage cheese and milk and all that kind of stuff and stacking it all in there, which sounds horrible. And it was in a lot of ways. But what was really cool was that whipped cream came in with the dairy orders. Now, I don't know if anybody knows what whippets are, but <laughs> let's just say that the the crew, the, the backroom crew, figured out what whippets were uh, at the Olson's Grocery in Edmonds uh, circa 83, 84, 85 and beyond. There were a lot of people going home and their whipped cream wasn't uh, I'm, very I'm just fluffy. apologizing to anybody <laughs> in, the, in those mid-80s as to why you had soup instead of whipped cream. Our apologies on that one. One. Move it on. Uh, all right. <clears throat> uh, let's see here. Uh, which foreign language do you know? Which one would you like to learn? Jeff, you are up. Pig Latin I, is not oh, a foreign language. Man. The, 
I know a little French, a little Spanish, and a little Russian, but really, none of them, none of them, I could carry a conversation on. I, I could curse somebody out in Spanish really good. I wow, learned, okay, learned that with my job. But, sure, uh, right? No, I couldn't. If I could learn one, actually, it would be if I had to learn one, it would be Chinese, so I could conversate with my sister-in-law. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Nice. That would, that would be nice. Worse. I don't know if it's easy or hard. I've, I've heard it's hard. It's hard. Yeah. It's hard. They say the same word, but depending on how you, the tone of how you say it, it yeah. means five, different things. Six different oh, jeez. So, wow. yeah, it's pretty different. Forget it. Yeah. Oh, jeez. I'm just pantomiming my well, way through that. I'm glad she yeah. does speak English. Man, so. international <laughs> relations would just go sideways. Yes. Uh, Tyler, what you got? Uh, well, actually, I used to know Chinese pretty well. Really? Um, yeah. Was it hard to learn, or is Jeff Extremely making that up? Extremely hard to learn. Okay. I mean, I, I could speak enough to kind of get by. Give us a sentence. Uh, you do, and you're going to have to pay for it. Yeah, right. <laughs> that is, I love yeah. you, pretty girl from Vancouver, Canada. Hey! <laughs> um, but uh, but I can understand it a lot better than I could say it, than I could speak it. I so, see. Um, okay. So I can, if I know what they're talking about. Can you read most. it? No, no, no. That no. looks even worse. Yeah, right. Yeah. And there's Cantonese and there's Mandarin, so it's oh. a little different there. Oh. Um, the one I know pretty well actually is sign language. Yeah. Um, but um, and I did date a deaf girl years ago and got pretty good at sign language. Uh, but the one I would like to master is English. Oh, to geez. be honest, come on. I'm serious. I, I mean. I'm not the wordsmith that you are. Okay, and, you but what, do you mean like formal English, like with a Cockney accent? Like, no. <laughs> no, I'd like to be able I to... I so enjoy our time here in the shanty. <laughs> I mean, what do you want? English, come on. No, no, I want to know... I want to... I want to know bigger words, Doug. You want to you want to work press to digitation into yes, a few more sentences, yes. don't you? I, I okay. still can't even say it. All right. Okay. Uh, I would... I would like to learn. I don't. I don't know any foreign language well enough to consider myself, you know, good enough to, to use it on a regular basis. I. We all had to take a foreign language in high school to get into the University of Washington, even though most of us weren't going there. Uh, and so, I took Spanish. I, I All I can ever remember is Chicle and La Boca Ugo, because they didn't have Doug was just Doug, so my name was Ugo. Uh, and, and I always had gum in my mouth. So there you go. That's probably not helping me no matter where I go. And what I really wanted to learn was German. My, my dad's side of the family is German. Uh, I took it for one quarter in high school and got caught cheating during a test. And Herr, uh, Herr Reinhardt caught me, ripped the paper out from underneath me. That is a black mark in my book. And, uh, and I had study hall for the rest of the year. Yeah. Um, and uh, to this day, I am armed with uh, my only phrase in German, Herr Wachtmeister, wo ist der Dom bitte? Which is Mr. P Policeman, which way to the cathedral? So we're all <laughs> squared away. I got you covered, guys. Don't worry. But who doesn't want to learn German? It is such a beautiful, beautiful language. Right. Uh, and finally... <clears throat> Most embarrassing foot-in-mouth moment where you said something that you just totally, totally gaffed. Somebody was there at the time you were talking about them. Whatever. Everybody's kind of kind of thinking right now. Jeff, what you got? What you got? Oh, let's see. This should be easy because I probably got Because it happens than, all the it time? It happens all the time. So, right. Now, know. if I asked your wife, would she have a few more stories? No. No? Geez, yeah, probably. Yeah. She'd go for an hour or two. I'm going to say one time I was 
doing uh, the PA at a Meridian basketball game. Yes. I thought I had the microphone off. Oh. And made a comment about, I don't remember if it was the band. I think it was. Something Uh-oh. about the band. And yeah. yeah oh boy. A lot of people heard me. Yeah. So that yeah. Didn't go were so good. But. You're still yeah. afraid of tubas to this day, aren't to you? To this day. That yeah. and saxophones. Wow. Oh. Wow. Uh, Tyler, what you got? It's, it's, Nothing. I, I'm... Nothing. Just stop it. Nothing. No. <laughs> I'm sure it happens every week when really? we're broadcasting games. Wow. Will uh, you work on one then? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll definitely come up with one uh, tomorrow night. Wow. Uh, there's got to be a time. I mean, you know, oh, man. It's just nothing. Co- well, you know what's kind of interesting is I was playing in a band, and I had a microphone there, and yep. we, we were playing um, um, uh, Roll, Rolling in the Deep by Adele. Okay. And I had to sing. Sure. I had to sing the backup for it. Wow, nice. The, the other singer didn't show up, and sure. so, um, and and I realized halfway through that I didn't know the words. To the so back. you were singing it in Chinese, <laughs> so, weren't you? You know, and I didn't know what. I just know how it goes, and and all of a sudden there's a part in the middle where it gets really silent, except for that part, and everyone looked at me, and I'm just. Got You're my sticks in the air going, Nice. <laughs> so, nice. That's it. Now, th- I like that. That is very good and embarrassing. Yeah. Uh, uh, most people don't know or might know. Uh, Etta James, you know the... Uh, yeah, the, the singer. Yeah, the singer. At Etta last. James, at last. Right. Uh, years and years and years ago, went to an Etta James show. Uh, she came out in a rascal. It was down in Seattle, camera Paramount, something. She came out in a rascal. She was older and, and uh, put on a great show, but she was in a rascal. It was a little bit kind of, I don't know, it's just kind of odd. Yeah. And uh, the next day, I'm flying off to go do a Western football game. My broadcast partner, Jason, is sitting in the seat behind me in the... Uh, uh, in the air or in the airplane, it's like, hey, what'd you do last night? I was like, oh, well, I was out, went to see Etta James at the Paramount, and he's like, oh, pretty good show. It's like, yeah, I don't know, just kind of weird though. Like, she came out in a rascal. I was like, if you're out in a rascal, should you be out singing? Should you be doing a show? <laughs> like, like maybe it's time for you know some depend undergarments and uh, you know maybe a walker and all that kind of stuff. And I'm just going off about how old Etta James is. Yeah, I was sitting next to Etta James' drummer, <laughs> who was flying out that day as well. Needless to say, we did not have a lot of conversation on our long flight out uh, of Seattle. Foot-in-mouth disease, no doubt about it. That's the quietest I've ever been on a flight the rest of the way. Uh, clearly, we have a winner. Uh, that is uh, Tyler gets the full Reese's because uh, he did come up with an embarrassing moment. Plus, we just like the fact that he sang, even though he didn't know the songs. And just because I can't even do it to Jeff, I won't give him the Almond Joy. You get the Reese's. I'll eat the Almond Joy. Ah. <sighs> Well, hopefully you feel like you know just a little bit more about us. You ready? It's time to wrap it all up. That's the Cover 3 Podcast 2-Minute Warning here on the Doug Lang Network. Time for us to put a wrap on things, and we'll do so by picking the games coming up this weekend. We begin in the college ranks. Stanford at the University of Washington at 6 o'clock. Will the Huskies bounce back? And which quarterback will be back behind center? Jeff, what you got? Oh, man. If I hear that one more time about who's the quarterback is, I'm going to die. Uh, my my heart's saying that dub bounces back, but my brain's saying Stanford finds a way to win. 
I got to stick with the Huskies. They're going to win. There you go. Tyler, what you got? Yeah, Huskies again. I think I've picked the Huskies all year. I just believe they're a good team, and they have to prove it. Yep. Uh, David Shaw's a good coach. Stanford's a good team, but UW wins it by three. Uh, well, last second field goal. Why not? Cal versus the mustache. Uh, Wazoo, 745 p.m. What you got? Well, the Cougs are going to keep it going, that's for sure. Cougs win it. Tyler? Yeah, I think the magic runs out for Cal. Cougs are going to keep going. Yeah, yeah. I, Cal had no business winning. Uh, Wazoo keeps winning. They're getting into the college football playoffs. Wow. I can feel it. I can feel it. Alabama Wazoo to open things up. Chargers Seahawks on Sunday, 105. What you got, Jeff, quickly? Uh, Chargers. Yeah, Seahawks. Char- Seahawks, Chargers. I guess I have to decide it. Uh, Seahawks at home. Chargers win it. Chargers win it in a uh, defensive-minded affair. That'll do it for us. We'll remind you, Friday, Seahome at Archbishop Murphy beginning at 645 on the Doug Lang Network. Saturday, Squalicum, Central Kitsap at Civic, 645 with a 7 o'clock kickoff on the Doug Lang Network. Thank you so much for joining us right here on the Cover 3 Podcast. We'll talk again. Thanks for listening to the Cover 3 Podcast. Download and listen each week on iTunes, TuneIn.com, Stitcher Radio, and online at OnTheDLN.com. Whatcom County Prep football fans, we've got you covered on the Doug Lang Network.